0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network, coming to you for a 24 episode. We're at the halfway point of day two, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. This first aired on the 11th of February 2003. It was written by Evan Katz, directed by Frederick King Keller. Not just Frederick Keller, Frederick King Keller. He's that good, he needs to be a king, apparently. Uh, an interesting one this week um it's no cougar episode so that's an improvement and we'll see how we go my name is ben and i despise you for making me do this
1: and my name is colin and i don't trust ben waterworth and i don't think she should be here
0: i'm um, sorry i'll get rid of her him here what what um i'm got to say that it is an improvement on last week there's a couple of scenes that save this from potentially being a bin but it doesn't feel like it's a halfway point of this season like th- this is meant to be the big sort of the midway episode, right? Like this is the end of the arc that you've got to have. And, um, it kind of is, but at the same time, it's not. So, uh, I just want to bookmark this episode in terms of this might be the least memorable halfway point episode of 24, Mm -hmm. because even like last season, I guess we kind of pretty much got the the, sort of, it was episode 13 for if I was not mistaken, which kind of was a big cliffhanger, but like the big sort of mid season one, but you still had it a bit in season uh, episode 12, but, um, yeah, this week, um, Entourage's Kevin Dillon is in it. Um, we've got a couple of nice fedoras. Um, <laughs> other than that, Jack Bauer kills children, younglings. So, um, and Lynn's <laughs> mole is back. So, yeah, um, this is an episode of Twenty Four.
1: Uh, I-, I think that I enjoyed this a lot more than I should have because it was coming off of last week's episode uh there i think we you mentioned you have two top five potential moments in here uh there's one for me which i will strongly fight for but i'm also gonna have a big complaint about uh, as well so that kind of makes up for it uh i think it's just it's it's such an improvement over what we had last week that maybe i'm a little bit higher on it than i should be uh but just looking over my notes right now i think i'm already starting to take my opinion down a little bit there's some there's some really goofy stuff in this episode
0: Oh, if only Goofy was in this episode. That would be exciting. I want to see Goofy. Hello, Goofy. Um, as we usually do, we didn't do it last week. It was different. Let's get Kim over and done with. Um, so Kim is just chilling. She's <laughs> The cougar's gone. Uh, she's <laughs> trapped in this trap. And um, I, I love this. Kim sits trying to figure out how to release her from the cougar snare when she hears some noises in the background. I just I see just what they should make this do. A bear all of a sudden shows up and then a fucking... <laughs> A lion and a fucking crocodile. Like, it's just, you know, the circus oh my. has crashed all of a sudden. Um, but, oh, a man has uh, appeared. And oh, who is it? Oh, it's it's Kevin Dillon. <laughs> there he is. Uh, a year, year or two away from Entourage. Uh, this guy's called Lonnie. We don't know this yet. Ew, Lonnie. Launceston. No, thank you. Um, and he's all like, what are you doing here? And she's all like, oh, I was getting lost from the highway, and I uh, got trapped in this, and he's all like, why are we running from the highway? And she's like, oh, it's my business. Um, so she gets freed. I love how she's, like, limping. Like, have we seen her in pain? I love how also he just basically unclips one thing and she's out. Like, Kim's been sitting yeah. there for half an hour and uh, can't get free. So then she's all like, okay, thanks, I'll go to the highway now. And he's like, no, you should come back to my cabin. And she's all like, ooh, should I Should I trust this man? Um. No, you shouldn't because you're Kim Bauer and honestly anyone who comes into contact with you is going to be evil. Probably. Uh, that's it. That's Kim. Uh, anything to add?
1: (laughs) Nope. Moving on. Literally nothing to add.
0: All right. Um, I mean, Kevin Dillon though, like he wasn't really that famous at this point, was he? So,
1: well, I mean, he, he had been in, uh, some big movies. Like if I look at his filmography, he was in platoon, which was nominated for an Oscar. That was like 15 years prior to this, but, uh, He's one of these guys that you know. Probably even I mean I've never really watched Entourage. I'm familiar with it. He's on yeah. it, but you just you look at him and you're like, oh, I've seen him and so he's he's that guy and that thing guy. You know, he's yeah. one of those yeah. guys. But he always he's like the guy that played Eli. You look at him and you know he's up to something. <laughs> I don't I don't like the looks of him.
0: I don't like that man. I don't trust the white man. Just uh, <laughs> looking like that. Um, let's let's kind of get Maria. I know there's a key Marie scene which will tie in with Kate, but I guess really. Marie is basically in the car, she's wiping off some jizz off her shirt and um, Sayada Lee calls her and is all like, hey, not going to make it, go to the rendezvous point, love you, kisses, bye. <laughs> um, so which then Marie drives to, we we know we're needed in an airfield, uh, which is going to connect into obviously the uh, Sayada Lee stuff. And then the cliffhanger of this episode is her with one of the three stooges, they're uh, testing out the the detonator, which they connect on the nuclear bomb. We see it next to the plane, which is important because we get the tail number on it as well. Uh, They press a couple of buttons, and it's like, what now? We pray. And then it's like, um, yeah, I mean, it's the cliffhanger's kind of, you know, ooh, the nuclear bomb's armed. But, I mean, given the higgledy-piggledy nature of this season about how they rush certain things and yet the one thing they should be rushing about trying to find the nuclear bomb, uh, I feel that kind of like, it's almost tiring at this point that you're at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Like I almost feel this should be the episode. It goes off. Um, Cause I mean, that would be a good cliffhanger. Cause then all of a sudden you are thinking like, fuck we're halfway through and they set the bomb off. Like what are they going to do now? So um, that's Marie. Anything to add on Marie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really wish they'd given her something better to do because that scene, they, they, they had such a big introduction to, I guess, second stage Marie here and she's breaking in lockers and she's driving airfields. Um, no, we're gonna get somewhere with it, but like the audience only has so much patience, especially in this season. Mm. Uh, the phone conversation. I don't know if you're gonna talk about that separately. The phone conversation. I'll, that I'll she tell has you. I'll me. talk
0: it separately. I think you can tie that in with Jack stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean that 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 scene really works. So I'm excited to talk about that one. But uh, I mean, she's got the wig. She's Decent enough driver. <laughs> what else are we going to talk Didn't about? Didn't get a ticket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, this is all there is. Yep. And this is why I was saying I was looking at my, I, I finished this episode. I'm like, this might be a buy. I actually quite like this. And I looked at my notes. I'm like, I've got nothing written. Was I missing something this week? <laughs>
0: Hands 10 and 2. Um. <laughs> looked both ways. Um. <laughs> side checked, shoulder checked. I mean, following the road rules. Can't complain. <laughs> the Marie story. Um, let's just get all the quick stuff over and done. We're CTU, um, we've got Mason having a chat here with Bob, and he's just basically like, so, yeah, your daughter's evil. It's a bit of a bummer. So, uh, any, any, you know, suspicions at all? Bob's like, yeah, well, she ran away when her mum died. She came back and she didn't talk about politics anymore. <laughs> That's
1: so weird.
0: And Mason's like... Classic happens when you you get radicalized. It's like, yeah, I should have known. I'm a terrible father.
1: (laughs) How did I not know? She's like the environment, and then she didn't. How
0: did I not know? I'm a terrible father. Uh, to which Michelle was like, Not Tony, it's (laughs) George. Got a minute. So, um, they found, uh, ties into Jack's storyline, but um, I guess off the burnt corpse of short pants guy, <laughs> there was a piece of paper which um, gets introduced to um, Milo 2.0. It's Randy Murdoch, uh, Fedora number is one. This guy? Who is he? <laughs> Seriously, he's come up from San Diego. Like, okay. He works in the San Diego branch. Like, what's how does his phone code go? Like, oh, okay, the best uh, computer techno analysis in San Diego. Okay. <laughs> Hello, is that Randy Murdoch? Yes. Uh, yes. Hi, Randy. It's uh, Jim from CTU Los Angeles. Oh, how you doing? I heard 30 people died there today. No time for that. Heard about the nuclear bomb in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah. We need you in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we need you here. We've got something for you. Could you just scan it and send it to me? Oh, we could do that. Okay. Uh, you're on your computer? Sure. Like, why does he need to come to Los Angeles for this? Yeah. And how did he get there so quickly? They found this paper, <laughs> like, at the end of the last, like, this is what, 15 minutes into the episode, I've been to San... I've driven from LA to San Diego. That's like a two-and-a-half-hour drive, three-hour <laughs> drive. Even on a helicopter, I'm sure that's a 15, 20-minute drive. Give me chopper, come Like, why is he there so quickly? And why is he wearing a fedora? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no dress code in CTU Apparently, I like I'm down for Sherry wearing a fedora. We will get to Sherry in a fedora because she pulls it off. Randy, why just bring in Milo? Like seriously, why can't Milo just be the guy that comes back every now and then? Like he will in season six randomly. <laughs> like, and I love this guy, and he's all like, Hey, 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 I'm for fat Albert again. <laughs> My my bandwidth and internet is faster than yours.
1: <laughs> what? Like, how is he faster than a government
0: agency? Like, shouldn't the first problem? Shouldn't Tony be like? Are you, are you with like AT and T or something like that? <laughs> no, no, I'm with T-Mobile. <laughs> Fuck, George, we're gonna get with T-Mobile. We're too Call slow. T-Mobile rap. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, why? How could a government agency? You no know, wonder they can't find the bomb. They've got slow internet. <laughs> Randy walks on it. Randy walks on it. Deli- there's a bomb. What? Oh, my internet's fast. <laughs> oh, I've also got that passenger list.
1: <laughs> Finally uploaded. Um, I opened so every whole... socket in the building, too. Just just a fire
0: <laughs> Basically, every single moment now is just going to be like, so I uh, moved some pixels around and I got this and I got that and I got the letters, like, NJ5, Ooh, what does that mean? It's like, and I, is it George or Tony's like cross-reference that with every number, be it a VIN number or this, that, and everything <laughs> else and kind of all this kind of stuff and just basically like that's the big thing. And then essentially I love how he's got this touch. Like I admit, I think I watched this in 2003. So, wow, that's pretty futuristic. Now it doesn't really age that well when you've got the pen and the touch screen. Like, this is what I can do on my phone right now, people. But um, I love like Tony rushing off like, you know, oh, quick, find this, find this, find this. Um and then is that it for CTU? I think it is. Um, basically, they're trying to find a tail number while Randy Fedora is, uh, <laughs> is Googling on his fast internet. Um, and George has a nice scene with Bob Warner. That's all that's <laughs> going on at CTU at the moment. Still body parts flailing around the office, by the way. Remember, this place did get bombed about like 10 hours yeah. ago, but uh, still okay.
1: Like I, I know you're not gonna have it mentioned over and over again on screen, but I just want once somebody to walk in and be like, "Man, your office is a dump!" Like <laughs> these people aren't shocked that they're coming in here, and there's like pillars that are over. Paula's leg is still underneath yeah. Randy Murdoch's desk here.
0: I just want them like, is it going on a desk? What's this? An ear? Uh. Um, but like, you you do see every now and then if you pay attention, construction worker in the background with his hard hat on. Like, okay, sure. There's Jenkins.
1: But like there's characters that they bring in, you know, for one episode and they work. I, I really love the the bar guy in New Orleans or whatever in the last uh, yeah. last season. Then there's other ones that come in and you see the purpose of them and they don't work. Like well, was it Hanlon last season? And then there's characters where there's no need for this character to either be on screen, have a name, have a personality, or have any dialogue. Like you could have accomplished the same scene by having Michelle just say, hey, I just got off uh, the phone with uh, the the uh, you know photographic experts at Division and they <laughs> showed us this. Like, why do we have to have a character? And then on top of that, why does he have to have the name Randy Murdoch? Not even just Randy, Randy Murdoch. And then why does he have to have a fedora? And why does he have to have this attitude? Like, if you're going to do a character like this, have him appear for the rest of the season. Make him the next Paula. Make him the next Milo or uh jamie or something but like he's just here for this one scene and like is he come from what hipster division with this fedora like i want him to call get me get me hipster division on the phone it's like randy murdoch professional hipster like what is with this guy's hat i've got to
0: say uh he's only in this week and next week um oh is he on next week still yeah He's well, a, a,
1: was his story arc not wrapped up sufficiently? Is he he's attacked got, by a cougar next week?
0: In real life, this guy is called Val Lauren. Looks like a Val Lauren. Honestly looks like a guy who would wear a fedora. And I've, I'm on his Instagram right now and he's wearing other shitty hats and he's posting, <laughs> like, um, you know, don't be racist posts. So, I mean, yeah, this guy lives up to his name and his fedora wearing hatness
1: um so did he just give up his pay for the week so listen you don't have to pay me anything just let me wear a fedora
0: and it's my trademark even like he owns one of those little like yappy dogs and he's got a picture of a dog with a cupcake like dude you just you fucking live up to your name and you do like that's not a dog it's an oversized rabbit with fur like i mean it's just it's oh jesus christ i want to punch this guy
1: Uh, (laughs) Let's do it right now. Let's track him down and punch him.
0: Hi, welcome to the Oz Network. Val Lauren, punch. Now get off our show. (laughs) All right, so um, take your fedora off because we're about to get another one, I think. Uh, Let's do the Palmer drama because, I mean, what do we have this week with Palmer? Literally Palmer sitting there getting off watching Stanton get electrocuted. (laughs) Uh, He's just literally sitting there. Um... And what does Mike come in here and say to him? Um, he's just basically like, "Oh, is he, is he breaking?" St-? Oh no, he's like, he's saying about Jack. He's basically like, "Oh yes, Jack, I'll give you updates every minute." He's got Saeed Ali. Uh, I just love how Palmer. Again, nuclear bomb hours away from going off. Palmer just watching the guy getting tortured. You know, presidential duties, very very important for him. Um, some of the Palmer stuff will tie in with the Jack stuff, so. Uh, sort of Mike comes here and he's all like, hey, Mr. President, so um, Jack, kind of killing kids. What? Yeah, kind of needs to do it though. <laughs> oh, okay. Like they kind of leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger here thinking that, oh, is Palmer going to like allow this to happen? But um, I guess I'll tie that into the Jack stuff. And the only other thing here really with the Palmer drama is uh, Lynn's Mole is back and <laughs> um, more prominent than ever this episode. Um <laughs> And I kind of love, like, this kind of comes out of nowhere. This kind of sets Lynn's storyline up for the rest of this season. And Lynn's kind of like, to Mike, like, hey, so I've got a source who's telling me that Sherry's been talking to Stanton. And Mike's like, Sherry's a lot of things, but she's not a traitor. And uh, Lynn's all like, well, I'm going to go meet someone and talk to them. And Mike's like, do it. But I'm not going to tell David. He's got enough on his plate. Does he, though? He's just sitting there watching a guy getting tortured. <laughs> I feel like you could tell him a few things. He's probably flicking between that and the game. Like, uh, you know, how the Lakers doing at the moment. Um, so Lynn goes off to meet somewhere on this um, this lot. And who's there? It's film noir, Sherry Palmer. She's in a trench coat and a fedora. <laughs> She's literally got furry trench coat going on here. Like, I love the furry, like, tassel bits that a guy has here. Got to say, Penny Johnson-Gerald pulls this off. And uh I'm okay with Penny Johnson Gerald in a fedora and mm. a furry trench coat. Don't know about you, but uh I oh, shouldn't anything
1: off. Yeah,
0: well, I would love to pull lots of things off Perry, Penny Johnson Gerald. Um but basically, and Dennis Haysbert equal opportunity <laughs> perv. Um so I love He's how she I'm a perv. Uh, Dennis Haysbert's on a perv. That's a man right there. Colin, he doesn't need to perv, <laughs> he, he doesn't need he just gets men and women he left turns on. He just walks in a room and he's like, I'll have that one, I'll have that one, I'll have that one. He's like, hmm, I'm Dennis Haysbert. He's a man, Colin. (laughs) He knows how to tie knots and ride boats. Um, (laughs) So so Lynn's shocked. Lynn goes to walk away. She's like, I'm innocent. I'm being framed by the same people. Uh, They want to take over the presidency. Um, And Lynn's all like, oh, you're only thinking about yourself Um, and that I will not let you undermine Mr. President Palmer. It's kind of like, ooh, like... I guess, like, in a way it kind of keeps you guessing here because it's sort of like, you know, oh, is Sherry evil? Is she not? What's she trying to do? And, like, again, I, I don't know if they're overplaying the fact that Sherry's evil because mm. is she, though, you know? Like, I mean, it's, it's again, it just plays into this, like, let's play the character of Sherry Palmer as such a bitch. Like, she must be the most evil person in well, world. Let's all hate Sherry. Like, I don't hate Sherry. Colin doesn't hate Sherry. Penny Johnson-Gerald's nope. great. Lynn's mole's annoying. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, if they ever auctioned off the Sherry Palmer fedora, I wish I had bought it. Um, but eh, there's not a whole lot with Palmer. Palmer's just getting off watching fucking Stanton getting tortured. And i uh, can I to say too, uh, Stephen Culp, love you, but your questions suck. Literally every <laughs> time you cut to him torturing Stanton, it is, where does the bomb come from? Who's working with the bomb? I'm a journalist. I'm not a very
1: good one, but even <laughs> I've got more than two
0: questions in my repertoire. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Palmer drama.
1: One thing just before I talk about Palmer drama, um, I forgot to add on CTU, because again, there's so little going on in this episode, is the argument that George and Tony have uh, where Tony's checking in on Kim it was, well, Jack told me to check in on his daughter. You checked in on her. Wasn't that the last same-
0: week? Did I talk about that last week? I thought No, was- It's
1: it was in this episode. Well, it was in oh, this episode where they have it's in this episode where they have the blow up where, where Mason says, uh, it is. This uh, okay. Yeah. Like the, the, whole conversation is, um, about we need every resource you have. Tony, you are a resource. He, like he's a hundred percent. Right. Sure. Could yeah. somebody check up on Kim, but does it have to be Tony? Could he not delegate this to Randy Murdoch or something? Who's already <laughs> finished his paper analysis. Uh, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <Somebody, laughs> i what? Yeah. Somebody, soon. the guard, uh, the, the construction guys, like anybody, Milo. Uh, Milo, yeah, he's well, he's still sleeping. We know he's still sleeping, but it's just it, the point he brings up where he goes, "Tony, you are a resource, and I need everybody on finding this bomb." And then Dick Tony, who as soon as Mason walked away, picked up the phone, is like, "Yeah, so Kim Bauer is." Like, <laughs> how insubordinate is? I'm, I'm really seeing why I had trouble accepting Tony, even in season two, still because he, he's, he's not a good employee. He's not a good agent. I don't even necessarily think that the performance is really that solid from Carlos Bernard yet. Uh, but I will like him. So um it's it's okay. Uh I don't know. The Palmer drama, it's uh, I, Liz Mole's back. <laughs> well, next week on 24, the return of the mole. <laughs> <laughs> He's on face. Uh it's just I love I love that not only are they torturing. Stanton, but they're shocking his brain. Like if you're trying to get information out of him, maybe don't mess with his mind where that information is stored. Like he probably would have told them, but after one shock to the head from uh Stephen Culp here he's like, I I know I knew where the bomb was, but now it's just gone.
0: Who are <laughs> you? Where am I? The president in my can
1: I meet him? Oh, I've I've never met the president before. <laughs>
0: but isn't this also that line? Isn't it where Mike says, I think I forgot the line when he's like, or is it Palmer's like, oh, yes. Stephen Culp says that he trained him in how to resist torture, but everyone has a breaking point.
1: It doesn't work. I feel so bad for both these guys. Great actors, Stephen Culp and Harris Yulin, and Dennis Hadesburg. I mean, they really have nothing good going on here. And it does look bad where he's just sitting there watching the monitor. like Palmer this is one of these things where he's like, all right, do it. But I knew nothing about it. And instead yeah. he's like, he's, he's PVRing it. He's like, Oh, that was a nice one. Let me go back and rewind. He goes home at night, gets
0: the popcorn. Oh, I love this bit. <laughs> this is Keith, that bit where he Keith. starts
1: to piss himself. Yeah, Keith, you, you like the tube, Keith. Wait till I show you this show.
0: <laughs> but like, again, like as I always related to like 9-11, like was, was Bush sitting around like uh, the height of the threat and everything along those lines. Like the two planes are gone. The one, the United ninety three. They didn't know where it was. Palmer's <laughs> not just sitting there watching like some video of like you know. Okay, so that Osama bin Laden guy. Where is it? Well, this is when we used to torture, Mister Mister President. uh, we don't know where that plane is. Yeah, yeah, yeah handle it. I'm watching something. Like literally, the <laughs> people are rushing into his office, sir. So if the nuclear bomb goes off here, yeah, yeah, handle it. I'm watching something. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, as far as the Lin story goes uh lynn's just reinforcing why she's the worst employee in this administration because when she's approaching mike she's even saying it's like listen i kept this to myself for a while but uh, i wasn't sure when would be the appropriate time to bring this up maybe before the nuclear bomb explodes Lynn. <laughs> how many times in this show are we gonna have somebody basically saying oh you know what? We got time still. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I, I have something important to tell you, Mike, but it can wait. I got a coffee break coming up in 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh, and then this meeting with Sherry is just so ridiculous, but I weirdly love it. <laughs> it's, like, it's 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 goofy, like I said. It's stupid. But they're, they're meeting in the shadow. I'm going to meet somebody. Like, I would assume anybody in the Palmer administration is going to be accompanied if they go off-site, especially when there are terrorist attacks ongoing. How does Lynn- a yeah,
0: helicopter crash, they
1: like pounding. Thousands- don't yeah, even exactly. <laughs> don't even worry about the nuclear bomb in los angeles yeah we had a helicopter taken down we had uh, a detained person escaped. Armist is still on the loose. We know what he can be up to. <laughs> Nobody goes anywhere while Armist is still out there. <laughs> Which, again,
0: um, what is it with this show? An aircraft crashing and just forgetting about it. Like, yeah. the media was all over it before, like, a helicopter crashed. If a helicopter crashed at, like, the presidential compound, this would be, like, on the news blanket coverage for ages until they got to the bottom of it. they are just uh, go, oh, yeah, the ambassador for, like, Yemen died. But, oh, well, well
1: <laughs> shit you happens. Know- you know why they are so sure on resources at CTU? It's because the resources have been diverted to come up with the passenger list of that helicopter. <laughs> like, oh, no, we just finished the last passenger list. Now we got to worry about the helicopter. Four more, <laughs> more people. God
0: damn it. Oh,
1: come on. Uh, but yeah, this meeting between Lynn and Sherry and the door, it's so film noir. Like, I just want them to introduce the scene where we're just like, don't come any closer. And Sherry's just sitting there in the shadows, call me Deep Throat. <laughs> and then he's uh, like, Gary, I can tell it's you.
0: I was standing here waiting for a woman. She was just some <laughs> pesky little tramp who just didn't know what hit her from a dime and a dollar. <laughs> she walked up to me, this dame, staring,
1: didn't know what to do. Smelt like stale smoke and cigarettes. <laughs> it was an unusually dark night, <laughs> the sun set early that day. <laughs> some reason There's I wanted to watch. trust her.
0: unlike those sneaky New Yorkers that I didn't trust. But something about her just felt like trust.
1: It must have been the mole.
0: <laughs> I've seen that show on TV, and I know it was always a mole. <laughs> yeah, oh it's it's God. weirdly
1: great. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> Coming soon, True Detective, starring Sherry Palmer. Um,
1: so the Jack stuff.
0: Um, so uh, the short legged man is is burnt. <laughs> um, I do love Baker versus Kate when Baker Baker's doing his job. Daniel Day Kim again saves the day. He's basically like, oh, excuse me, ma'am, you've got to wait outside. Kate's like, no, Jack says I can stay in here. And Baker's like, no, you've got to go outside. This is a government investigation. To which Jack's like, no, no, it's okay, Daniel Day Kim. She can stay. <laughs> Daniel Day Kim's like, no,
1: I'm going to oh. go to Lost. <laughs>
0: like... <laughs> What Baker's doing his job Jack? Um, Jack has a nice little conversation here with nice Muhammad and he's all kind of like, oh you know your man's a terrorist and uh,
1: <laughs> your man's a terrorist. <laughs>
0: if we find him, I can help and Jack's like, thank you. okay, not all Muslims are evil in this show. So I do love this <laughs> random agent It's just basically like sir, we found a trapdoor that wasn't in the schematics. And I can imagine Jack going, God damn city hole!
1: Getting the schematics wrong again! And then he <laughs> makes other, He makes the other <laughs> random guy open the door for him for no reason Open that door. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Which, okay. kind of just point out, last season, they were able to get schematics for a prison that doesn't exist. To the T! Every room, every nook and cranny, a local mosque, they can't even get some fucking sewer uh, <laughs> schematics going on here. You're um, lazy, Jack. Open the door. You do it. <laughs> I must wash my hands. Uh, so I love Jack going down here. Then he's all like, this, "You know, nice agents like I'll back you up." He's like, "No, only I must go down here. I'm Jack Bauer. I'm the star of 24." Uh, and I love. Him. He's like, "We must be very quiet. We're hunting terrorists." Do <laughs> do 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 do. Shh. I just once I had a hold up a side going like, Doesn't know I'm here <laughs> 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 We had the three Stooges earlier. I we went back to Looney Tunes
1: 24.
0: I can't terrorists Oh, the best episode of Looney Tunes, <laughs> the <head> <laughs> <laughs> I wanna watch Looney Tunes. I haven't watched Looney Tunes in so long. Oh fuck, I love that. Um you never get away with Looney Tunes now in 2022. Um so Jack basically Fine side Ali, this is a bit where Sired Lee's on the phone to Marie and, like, I'm not going to make it. I love, like, angry Jack here, like, what did he say to that guy? Pass me a baton. Uh, basically, um, uh, Nancy Kerrigan, Tonya Harding's this shit. Uh, <laughs> wax him in the knee. <laughs> and then there's a fucking gangbang on poor Sayada <laughs> Open his mouth! Put the baton in his mouth! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jack, putting his fingers down the throat, and for some reason, Kate shows up. What are you doing? That And Jack's Like, damn it, get her out of here! It's like, it's so over the top, but it's hilarious. And I just love Jack, like sticking his fingers down poor Portia Lee's throat. Jack's getting his fingers bitten off here to save the cyanide, uh, but it's so dramatic. And I love Jack's like, got the cyanide. We got cyanide, Ali. Damn Smell it, it, Chloe.
1: It's I not all over him.
0: <laughs> cyanide. I just wanted to have another one there like this is, if I'm a terrorist watching this I'm like okay, well no to self have two cyanide pills in my <laughs> mouth, you know um so we're gonna get oh God because we're gonna get more torture all of a sudden. It's not bad enough that we're getting Roger Stanton torture. Let's watch Jack Bauer do some torturing. And again, this is where like when Jack does it, it's a little bit different because this is Jack's job. this is kind of what Jack does but like, I know we're running out of time, we're running out of time, but Ted Kofel this shit scare him with the towel like, I mean, you just, you just kind of like damn it, lead. where's the bomb? I'm not telling you where the bomb is damn it, where's the bomb is? I am woke up today, prepared to die I am gonna torture you, breaks his fingers ah, it's okay when I get to paradise, I will have more virgins ah, like nothing is gonna break this guy, clearly and still Jack's just like, damn it, Chloe where's the bomb? It's always, damn it, Chloe um, so, and again, Kate's just hanging around because why not? Secret government investigations. Let's get the girl whose sister's a terrorist involved here. To which at one point, uh, we get Baker here, Daniel Day Kim. Yes, we've gotten the phone number. His last phone call was 555, I'm a terrorist. And Kate's like, wait a minute. I know that number. 555, I'm a terrorist. That's my sister's phone number. <laughs> uh, to which I do like, like. I will say, I'm making fun of them but actually really great. Not weirdly great, Kiefer Sullivan's always great, but I just love, like, the way he handles this with Kate. The way Kate's like, that's my sister's number, and Jack's like, yes. It's like, you knew my sister was a terrorist? I did. Why didn't you tell me? I didn't need to. <laughs> my sister's not a terrorist? She would never do that. Well, I don't know that. Like, Jack just kind of handles this so well, basically, by saying that. And I love, again, Sarah Winter's a bit annoying this episode. You would never know. You don't know. Um... But then we get one of my potential top five moments of this episode. So I love this phone call. As much as I like Sarah Wynn kind of annoying me a little bit all of a sudden, I do like, I really like this because the way it's played, essentially they're going to put a tracker on Marie's phone. So they're going to scramble this massive CTU computer to essentially track, to make it believe like it's Kate's number. So uh, they get all this done up. Kate calls her up and there's kind of this, this like interesting conversation and it's just sort of like, hey, how you doing? Haven't talked to you in a while um how you doing how's oh sorry wedding cancelled <laughs> bummer about dad eh so um want to get some dinner uh and it's kind of like it's the thing i like about it is like it's really tense and you don't know how it's going you, i don't even think you realize that marie's kind of onto this because like even when she looks at the phone and she sees kate you kind of just think like, oh she's playing along and then like the best moment of all of this is i just kind of love the way when marie is just like they found Razor, didn't they? And you're like, oh, yeah. almost with a smile, too. I know. Like, and I'm just like, fuck, like, okay, there she is. It's not just the evil vagina. She is a bit of a <laughs> badass. Um, and then I just, and like, I, I will say, as much as I'm bagging out Sarah Winter, I love this kind of from Kate, just like, 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 why? What did you do? Like, all this sort of stuff. And then just Marie's just basically like, what? Like, you wouldn't understand, or like, you know, I'm doing this for whatever. And she just throws the phone out the window. Um, and, like, at first, like, when Jack kind of walks away and, like, Kate's, like, going, she, she could be held, you don't know, she's been, like, like, at first I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, shut up. But it actually kind of plays well. Like, I just love the way that Jack's kind of just, like, I'm sorry and just kind of, like, works off, walks off. Like, and even just kind of looks at good Muhammad here. Um, Yeah, like, even Sarah Winning is a tad annoying, but it just, it kind of works. It's just... It's effective. And this is the stuff that's interesting. We've always said kind of this Warner storyline interesting. It's kind of fell off the rails a little bit last week, but it's kind of, it's back to being interesting here all of a sudden, I guess, with Kate's real first uh, interaction with Marie here.
1: Yeah. You know, I kind of agree with you. There's something with the acting when Kate has to get really upset that is it just doesn't quite work, but it's the other scenes where I think she's a better actress than she's ever given credit for. I mean, I don't think anybody really ever talks about Sarah Winter, you know, future oh. Oscar winner. Can uh, you hit, see I,
0: that surprise Oscar win she got? Uh, oh, this isn't quite for, after the Oscars. But uh, La La didn't, you see, didn't you see a surprise Oscar nomination for this year's Oscars that were yeah. just released?
1: Uh, seriously, the, the more I watch this, the more I am seeing season two as the Warner season. Uh, Cause I, I always knew that this was part of it, but like, I think on first viewing, it's just sort of in the background because it is the only storyline that is slower the season. So you almost forget the Warner storyline works. But the reason it does work is because they they have patience with it. And every single week, you're just seeing how much more patience they have in paying off all these characters. Bob, Reza, Kate, Marie. Uh, and after, you know, last episode, Marie scrambled through somebody's locker. We get this one really good scene uh and the same thing with kate you know we get her freaking out and it, i had just to be equal opportunity cr- critics here you know we had just as much criticism for bob's kind of annoying reaction to yes yeah, you're trying to trick me uh but it, it's still realistic and i think what i really like about kate's character is how uncomfortable she is and i don't know if that's all in the script if it was all in sarah winters performance but just like last week when she's sort of fumbling around, you know, pretending to be Muslim woman lost in the, the mosque, her call to Marie is not in the way it's written. It's in the way she plays it where she's like, hi, Marie. So, um, I haven't heard from dad. Have you heard from him? Like, She's a bad liar, but like, that's, that's a really good performance of making her a bad liar. And I just I love the way that she plays the scene with Marie before Marie finds out and in that moment where, where Marie finds out and she has a they found Raisa didn't they like just suddenly going into you know seek secret terrorist mode it's just fantastic like I, I'm, I'm not saying this is even close to a top five scene but I think it's arguably one of the two really great scenes in this episode and they don't have to yell and they don't have to scream and they don't have to be annoying. They just kind of have like this sister moment where it's like, you tell me it isn't true without them even saying that.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. And from memory, um, Kate, like she's obviously in every episode this season. She's actually in an episode of next season, if you remember, and even in yeah, the game. Um, but I feel there is a, a, a lull for Kate coming where Kate kind of does become a bit obsolete for a while. Like I think literally she goes and picks Kim up at one point. So, okay. Um, the storyline we've been waiting for, Kate picking up Kim. Um, so really from this moment, uh, the rest of the episode is essentially Jack trying to get shit out of Syed Ali. So what does he do to get this done? He's kidnapped Syed Ali's family, a man who they didn't even know who, what they looked like, a name that they only barely knew, <laughs> but for some reason they can get his family within like 15 minutes and time up and they've got agents oh, nearby in Yemen. So
1: That's a huge problem because we saw earlier in the season where the Yemenis... We're only sharing bits and pieces of information with the president. Like that was a huge plot point early in the season. Oh, we'll give you some information, but you got to reciprocate this. And suddenly, CT, you can just go in there and command their troops. And this is what the problem is and why
0: like you've got this weird nature of this season of like rush, rush, come on, hurry up. The bomb's going to go off versus you're taking your time. They should have done this like three episodes ago and draw this out for two episodes. So then they're mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, we've found his family. It's taking them hours. This is literally in the vicinity of what, like 20 minutes, 25 minutes? They've found his fucking family. Like, they I mean, they killed a Sam Laden. I guess that took him how many years to find him? But I mean, you know, like, Jesus Christ. Like, decidedly the world's most wanted terrorist, his family just found in like five minutes. I know that show Find My Family on Channel 7. Jesus Christ, I should have CTU on that. It'll be over in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, and also I love the fact that these agents in, in Yemen like, wearing balaclavas, like you see in those, like, stereotypical terrorist videos when they're beheading people. Like, a CTU terrorists here. Um, so Jack's basically all like, I'm going to kill a member of your family until you tell me where the bomb is. And how, like, how does Palmer find out about this? Like, this is Jack doing this, like. I, I don't know like is Baker dobbing on like Jack like Baker's like oh I hate it when Jack supersedes me I know what I'm gonna do I'm calling the White House and it's like <laughs> Mr president and look then and Mike rushes in so uh, this is where it ties into basically Palmer what I said before he's sort of mulling over this idea and Palmer calls up Jack and He's like can't let you do this Jack sorry uh-uh, no nope. children killing where I draw the line hangs up and I love I love how Jack plays this off and it's like Yes, sir. Yes, Mr. President. Glad I've got your support to kill children. Um, And so we get this whole sequence where basically, I, look, I've marked down top five for, I, because I, it's, it's kind of hard to mark it down for a top five, but I think the moment where you see him kill the son, well, allegedly kill yeah. the son. Because, like, there's yeah. about three scenes in the lead-up to it where you, and I remember watching this for the first time going, holy fuck, like, Jack, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um, So you think he's killed one of the kids. Uh, and then basically he's about to kill the other one, and so he finally gives up, and he's like, no, no, don't kill him. He's my favourite son. The other one couldn't care too much about. <laughs> uh, so uh, he gives up the uh, location of the bomb. It is at Norton Airfield, and it's going to be flown over the city. Uh, so he calls up, uh, Jack calls up George, and they're like, yes, N-34, that's the plane. That's all the numbers of <laughs> N. Scramble people to Norton Airfield, and if a plane takes off, Shoot it down with nukes. I love how they, like, close all airspace over Norton Airfield. Shouldn't they close off all airspace in Los Angeles? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they now know. that. Like, what if he's lying? Oh, maybe a terrorist could tell a lie. He wouldn't happen <laughs> to be just telling, like, literally Princess Leia in Star Wars. You know, about to blow, off, blow up Alderaan. Dantooine. They're on Dantooine. Mm-hmm. Like, she lied to us. Like, for <laughs> fuck's sake. Like, have you not seen Star Wars CTU? <laughs> I if they Star Wars.
1: Wars, they would have found this nuke by now.
0: Exactly. I mean, like, if this was Star Wars, uh, basically Jack would have gone, like, kill the kid anyway. Uh, Norton Airfield's far too remote for an effective strike. <laughs> 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 that's what he should be doing. You may continue um, with the
1: operation. Fire when yeah. ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fire when ready. Um, God to say, actually, one thing I've got to say. Um, when you were mentioning before the Warner storyline, we've got the Warner. Story, imagine if they were brothers, and it would be Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers.
1: <laughs> wow, uh,
0: that's almost <laughs> as good as more, more error.
1: Um, (laughs) Oh, nothing talks more era, except for more noir.
0: (laughs) More, more noir. Um, So they're going to rush out to the airfield. Meanwhile, uh, when Sian is getting taken away, because Kate's just hanging on, and of course i have got to have Kate like, how could you kill a child? You're just as bad. I hate that line. You're just as bad as they are. Um, That to me is almost like... um, Alan's line in Jurassic Park Three: "You're as bad as the people who built this place." The Billy, Uh, cringeworthy line. But then, of course, no Jack couldn't dare kill kids, could he? Uh, And of course, we see the uh, the feed is basically it's a fake. So, I've got to ask a question. So, in the 15 minutes it took C.T.U. to find his family, they've gone on, gone into this lovely little house in Yemen capital. (laughs) And they've all gone in there and they've all gone, Ah, Mr. Mrs. Ali, we're from the US. Your husband's a terrorist. Okay, so what we need you to do, we're going to pretend to kill you. Now, uh, little Jimmy, little Jack, little Sammy, uh, we're going to shoot. We're going to shoot a blank. But when we pull the trigger, you have to lay there still because we're going to push the chair over and pretend to be dead. Like... As his family, how do they know that they're not terrorists? They're, they're, they're yeah. married to fucking Sian Well, not all of them. The kids aren't married. They're, they're spawned. <laughs> but, like... Seriously, like, what if, like, Mrs. Ali is, like, full on board? and like, no, like, I want my husband to blow up Los Angeles. Like, I said goodbye. We've made my peace. I'm going to blow up fucking Yemen capital tomorrow. Shit shouldn't have said that. But I'm going (laughs) to join him in heaven and we're going to fuck a bunch of virgins tomorrow. Like, why does this family just play along with it? And he's like, all right, CTU, government agents, infidels, we'll play along with this fake being dead plan to save my father. Like, it it makes no sense. It's great, though. Like, it's great Mm. that we think Jack's killing children, uh, and top five, <laughs> but um, it's it's. I kind of wish Jack did kill children, <laughs> like <laughs> killed younglings. He said he said you killed younglings.
1: There are so many Star Wars comparisons. So, like, I feel like season two of twenty four is the Star Wars season. We've got do yeah. it. We've got the younglings getting killed. Everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> uh, but um,
0: can I just point so- out one thing? Sorry to interrupt. Just, yeah. Isn't it amazing that we always quote Star Wars from the original trilogy and prequels? We never quote the sequels. <laughs> when do we ever quote the sequels? Ever. I think
1: that's, that's a story for another time because we're still waiting for the story to end. That's pretty yeah, much the like, only one. Like,
0: like literally the least quotable Star Wars movies. Like maybe <laughs> that's not how the Force works. That's like the only quote. Yeah. Or
1: Lupita no longer. It's not even <laughs> a quote. We made that up. Uh, what Are, like, we, are you going to quote I can't feel my teeth? Like yeah. there's no quotes in it.
0: Seriously, like, how the hell are this, did we get three Star Wars movies that aren't even quotable? <laughs> <laughs> I can quote a pork. <laughs>
1: um, that's
0: what we're here for, love. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> seriously, God, the sequels. Anyway, sorry.
1: Uh, so, I, I mean, I love the style. At I, I might fight for the Junior Ali killing <laughs> to be in our top five because it's, again, one of those moments that just stuck with me all these years and even when you know it's coming it's you still have that moment of shock it's very mission impossible too i know the first mission impossible movie had done this where you're watching an entire scene play out and then it finishes you know like oh they faked a death and they pull the walls away and it was all a ruse um mission impossible would do it again in rogue nation where they did like the fake newscast with wolf blitzer if you remember that Mm -hmm. um but uh i mean it's effective but see here's the problem okay i love the scene I love the fake killing of a kid, especially since it is a kid. I mean, 24, even I would say even now, if you have a kid killed on screen and the audience isn't aware that this is a big setup, a big ruse, it's still going to be shocking even now, 19 years later. But at this time, 2002, 2003, I mean, you could not see this on TV, even if it was fake. I mean, it's very daring of them to pull that off. But it's the it's more than even the way you sold it is, oh, we're going to pretend to kill you. There's a second part to this, which we can't ignore, which is the really bad video effect of hmm. at some point we're going to split the screen and hmm. you're going to be watching a fake killing. And then the screen pulls away and you realize the actual kid is still just laying there, you know, n- n- completely cut off because they have done this impossible video effect live via yeah. satellites. And we heard nothing about the setup of this leading into it. It's just that, that kind of ruins it for me, as well as Kate's reaction. You should not have killed younglings of uh, <laughs> it's too much. So if if we really come down to it at the end of the season, I'd be willing to let go of the season because they lose it on the reveal. But just the killing itself and the shock of that happening on screen. I mean, that is a top five moment uh, up there with the ones we put up here would say even in season one. Yeah. It's um,
0: it's and it's it's tricky because like I can think of um a few moments that were obviously yet to come in this season that will be obvious and there's two obvious, really obvious top five moments to come in this season, which I would probably argue are number one and number two of this season. But I mean, we still had a few, but um, yeah, I mean, I've I've marked it down uh as a potential. So um, yeah, I, I think it would have been more exciting if Jack was wearing a fedora. Uh, yeah. all these,
1: uh, <laughs> or these junior things. Ali was
0: <laughs> yeah exactly because I love one trivia here on uh, IMDB a phone call trace in this episode takes only a few minutes in the previous season a phone call trace took more than half an hour valid point
1: like the phone call trace also kind of bothers me because like we're going to trace her call if she's driving what's that trace going to do for you like it's no good as soon as she hangs up the phone you've lost your triangulation of her so yeah. why even make the phone call tracing a thing in this episode Another
0: trivia on uh, 24 Fandom. Apparently, Evan Katz won the Writers Guild of America Award for Best Screenplay Episodic Drama for this episode. What? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, did anyone win it for the last episode of last season, the good, you know, really good stuff that we're watching? Um, Yeah, I don't really have much more to add. Uh, I'll let you rank it first.
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about coming in as a low buy on this, but uh, realizing how little there is outside of the Kate Marie scene and the uh Jr. killing, uh, I'm going to go more on the lines of a low rent. Uh, and for ranking, I'm going to put this 25th overall. Uh, am I? No, I'm going to put this 24th overall. So I'm going to put it just above episode 10 from a few weeks ago and just below episode 21 of season one.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a low rent for me. Uh, it only sneaks into the rent just because of the couple of good scenes in it. Otherwise, I do think this could have been a bin. Um, I've got this quite, quite low. I have this 30th out of 36 now. So uh, I've got this just above the second episode of this season as the second lowest rent and just below episode 10 of last season. So, uh, yeah, um, just just save it slightly from the uh, the bin category. Uh, next week, um, stay for the Kevin Dillon because he's gonna basically <laughs> trap Kim in a bunker. Uh, <laughs> which, fuck! I, I like, okay. We talked about the Cougar last week, but I actually forget how much it still gets shit for Kim. Like, as in, not just because she gets shit treated to her, but like how just it is annoying. Like, mm. like I, I've seen Kevin Dillon and other stuff, and I've never seen Entourage, but like he annoys the fuck out of me in this season, and it's just, it's just weird. It's kind of like, like. I get it, Kim's an attractive girl, but, like, why is she just surrounded? Like, is this just meant to be a commentary on how men are just disgusting? Um, Like, awkward Kim having a shower next week and just like, (laughs) ugh, the bomb's gone off, get in the shelter! Oh, God. Um, But, yeah, look, I haven't watched it yet, but I do remember all that stuff that's coming in next week. But uh, we're only, like, spoiler alert, well, three episodes away from the bomb going off, so, you know, it's got some stuff to come.
1: Yeah, we we some of the characters are going to have good things. I mean, we're starting to run out of dramatic stuff for Kate. Uh, We've long run out of dramatic stuff for Kim, but Mason's best stuff still to come. Tony's best stuff still to come. And Michelle. And And, Michelle.
0: and, uh, and other people I'll just say one thing I don't know We've literally spoiled it By saying the bomb's Going to go off I just I do remember Watching this thinking Like well the bomb's Clearly not They're going to save the day Of course she's yeah. watching show. The show. The bomb's never going to go off So one of my favourite Things about this season Which I don't think I've ever said Is that the bomb Does go off mm-hmm. um, Which I think is, is, is a great It was a big thing that I remember watching I'm like holy fuck They actually did it They blew up a <laughs> nuclear bomb So And that's why LA is gone in from season three onwards <laughs> You never see it again uh, Do all the regular stuff like, listen to other shows. Breaking bad's happening, lost coming soon again. Um movie stuff potentially coming soon. Who knows? Double Oz sevens pretty good. Should listen to that. Euros Vision's not happening, don't know why I'm mentioning that show. Um off the podium is great. Episodes daily essentially leading up to Beijing. Getting very busy over there. And Australian Survivor Archives on hiatus But you can go back and listen to some of those Before we get to season 3 later this year The Brink might happen again And hashtag bring back off the, po- uh, not off the podium um, What's that other one I did? Qualifying lap Thank you Ben
1: um, Also written remember. about in the New York Times <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's number 8007 Formula 1 podcast you must listen to Before you die uh, Until then, my name is Ben And you got your baton with you?
1: And my name is Colin. And Ben, open that trapdoor.
0: Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media